Welcome to the Valmica Property Investing Podcast, where I, your host, share the key to success in the Australian property investing market. I'm the founder of Valmica Buyers Agency. You can find us at valmicaproperty.com. The contents of this podcast are the personal opinion of your host and are intended for entertainment purposes only. Any financial advice must be obtained from your trusted financial advisor or a qualified professional. On the Valmica Property Investing Podcast, you've heard me speak many times about how we treat property investing. We treat property investing as a financial instrument. You're probably thinking to yourself, what does it mean? How, how do you treat property as a financial instrument? So isn't a stock a financial instrument, but a stock and property, they're very different, aren't they? Well, in fact, they're not. And the same goes for commodities, interest rates, interest rate derivatives, that is the trading side of it, currencies, they all act in a, on a similar principle. And you can compare one investment in a completely different category, such as stock, to an in investment in property. And But how do you compare apples and app with, with oranges, so to speak? Well, you convert them both to apples. And I will show you how we think about things in a simple, simple way. When you invest in stock, you've heard of the PE ratio. So the profit to earnings ratio. It's a very commonly used ratio to determine the value of a stock. So to determine whether it's priced too high or whether it's cheap. So the higher the P.E. ratio, the more expensive the stock is, the lower the P.E. ratio, obviously the cheaper it is. But have you ever thought about how that relates to property? Don't we use P.E. ratios in property? In fact, we use them all the time. We just use them in the inverse. We use them as earnings over price. So substitute earnings for your rental income, and then your price is the price of your property. That's the inverse of the P.E. ratio. So in stocks, P.E. ratios less than, say, 15, maybe up to 20, depending on the stock you're looking at, is classified maybe as a cheaper stock. And then anything over, say, the 30, 40, 50 market upwards, it's considered to be expensive. In property, let's say an example in Sydney, a 2% yield, if you invert it, is equivalent to a PE ratio of 50. So how do I get that? So if your price to earning ratio is 50 and a one over exit on your calculator, that's equal to 2%. So property, well, many, many properties in Sydney, especially Northern beaches, Eastern suburbs, where the yield is sometimes 2% or lower, that's equivalent to a PE ratio in stocks of around 50. So that just shows you how expensive those properties are relative to the yield or the earnings. So that is how you can compare the return on a stock versus the return on a um, property. And that's simply by inverting. So inverting from PE ratio to earnings over price to get your yield equivalent on the property. Or if you want to convert it the other way, instead of going 
your rental over your price of your property, you convert, you invert that and then you get your PE ratio and you can compare that to a stock. This is obviously a simplified version because there's other metrics that come to, into it, but it's something that is worthwhile to keep in mind. So would you rather invest in a stock that's yielding or let's it's got a PE ratio of 20, which is equivalent to 5% if you had to invert it? Or would you invest in a property that's yielding 2% or is equivalent to a PE ratio of 50? So that's way to break it down into apples with apples. I want to explore the concept of yield compression. So yield compression happens with stocks and it happens with property. The term yield compression is more common with property, but the same thing happens in stocks. And I'll give you an example. So if you purchase a property, let's say in Sydney, for example, and it's got a 2% yield. So the rentals for that year divided by the price of the property equates to 2%. So your 2% yield. Now over time, you've got rental escalations. And if you had to take the most recent uh, situation that we find ourselves in in Sydney, where there's a shortage of rentals, the rental um, have, has increased exponentially. Therefore, the yield on those properties has increased exponentially. And this is for people who have, have purchased prior to the rentals going up. So if they purchased for a 2% yield and the rentals now have gone up, it's equivalent to a 3% yield because the price of the property is to the price of the property that hasn't changed. It's just your rental income that's gone up. So it's 3%. However, if you go to sell it, you will sell it for a price, a much higher price than you bought it for. And the, the person purchasing the property for you is again purchasing it at 2% because it's at a higher price. That compression from 3% down to 2% is the yield compression example. And that happens in stocks as well. So for example, if you purchase the stock at a PE ratio of 20, which is equivalent to a 5% yield, and the property's P, the, the stock's uh, PE ratio goes up to 30, and you sell it, that's effectively, if we just check what the yield is on a PE ratio of 30, so that would be equivalent to 3%. So in, you picked it up for 5% equivalent, which is a PE ratio of 20. You sell it for a PE of 30, which is equivalent to a 3%. So that difference between 5% and 3% is called yield compression. And yield compression is a result of a higher price. So do you see how the same concepts work? It's the same thing happened in stocks, same thing happened in property. You will sell at a profit because you get a yield compression. If you don't get a yield compression, then you don't get an increase in price. How does yield compression come about? How does the price of stocks and the price of property work? They both work on the same, same dynamics, all about demand and supply. Australia has a huge, had a huge influx of immigration. You're playing catch up from the 
COVID from the pandemic years. And we've had 500,000 immigrants coming into Australia. And they need a place to stay. But because of the shortage of property as a result of a lack of increase in supply from, from builders going out of business and not being able to, to build more properties, you've got an increase in demand relative to your supply and therefore the price will go up. The same thing happens in stocks. If you've got a rush of investors wanting to purchase a stock, there's only so much supply to go around. So the demand dynamics increase and because of that, the price increase. So the concepts are the same. Demand and supply works exactly the same. Where I think you've got a benefit as an asset class in property over stocks, for example, is in the concept of gearing. So gearing is a, all about the debt that you can borrow against the asset. In property, because it is a much more stable asset class when compared to stocks. And the only reason why it's stable is because you don't get the mark to market variations that you do in stocks. Stocks are very volatile. They move up and down daily. And because of that volatility, it's a much more difficult asset class to um, use as collateral to get debt against, to borrow against. However, with property, because it's a lot more stable and traditionally it has had its, obviously it's big downturns like GFC, for example, but traditionally it has a steady trajectory. And because of this, there's a, it, it gives a lot more confidence for lenders to um, lend against. So they, they got more confidence in using that as collateral. So it's easier to get debt against an asset class such as property as compared to stocks, but it's still it's still possible in stocks. And there's other ways around um, gearing in stocks, which it's not really the topic of this um, podcast, but it involves stuff like using derivatives like futures and options uh, on the underlying and options on futures so it's gearing on gearing. So there's other ways of doing it, but obviously the it's, it's a lot more risky in terms of its volatility than property. Property is an exceptionally great asset class for uh, debt. And debt, as I mentioned in my previous episode, is, is like having a very, very cheap business partner who's willing to give you the majority of the capital up front and only wanting a small portion of the return. However, there's obviously it's the security around it and that's that the property is used as collateral. So property is a great asset class. It's something that we throw into the mix with stocks, with commodities, with interest rate derivatives, with currency investing. We compare them all the likes because the dynamics and all that are very similar. And I hope this gives you some of a basic basic background of how you can convert a property's yields to a PE ratio so you can compare it to your next stock investment. Moving on to the auction clearance results for the weekend ending 
29th of October, the Rugby World Cup Day. I can hear my voices a bit fragile because I was screaming a lot at watching the, the World Cup match this morning. But anyway, moving on to the auction clearance results. For New South Wales, we had a state clearing auction clearance rate of 68.7%, with Sydney clearing at 70.84%, still a strong showing. Queensland clearing at 55%, with Brisbane down this week, uh, clearing at 59%. South Australia is still the strongest state, clearing at 84%, with Adelaide clearing at 85%. So very, very strong numbers there. Victoria clearing at 68.5%, with Melbourne also clearing at 68.5%. Western Australia, as I've always mentioned, is not a good state to use auction clearance numbers as their system works a little bit differently. However, Western Australia cleared at 46.7% with Perth clearing at 50%. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I hope you find it valuable and we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Valmica Property Investing Podcast. I hope you found our discussion insightful and empowering. If you are interested in finding out more about our services at Valmica Buyers Agency, visit our website at valmicaproperty.com. There you'll discover how we can assist you in making informed decisions and achieving your property goals. See you on the next episode.